but I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrea DeFrancesco. So since it's been a while since I last uploaded an episode of the podcast, I thought that before I got back into doing more regular episodes that we should do a bonus episode, kind of going through everything that's happened with Avril since the last one, just because there's been a lot of major stuff that's happened that I thought would be really interesting to talk about. I also just kind of wanted to give a little bit of an update about why I haven't been uploading as much and how I've been feeling about the podcast. So there's been a few different reasons why I haven't been uploading as much. And part of that is because of Avril. Like, it's just very hard to know sometimes what things might be coming because I don't want to do an episode about something and then it turns out that she ends up releasing something like on the same day that I upload the episode and it ends up getting overshadowed because she decides to put out new music or something. And especially with this deluxe edition of Love Sucks that she's been talking about for months and it's still yet to materialize. Like, we don't really know anything about when it's coming at all. And she's also talked a lot about doing like the Boys Lie music video with Machine Gun Kelly, and that hasn't come out. So I kept thinking that if and when these projects ever came out, that I would definitely cover them in the podcast. But we don't even have like prospective release dates about when they might be coming. And so it's very difficult for me to like time these things out because I record these usually a week before I'm going to actually upload them because of the time that it takes to make notes, record, edit. It takes a very long time to put together a single episode. And so because I'm doing these well in advance, like obviously I don't know everything that's going to happen between the time that I record it and upload it. In the span of a week, there could be like an entire new album or something that comes out. So with Avril, it's just that she talks about doing these projects, but then we never hear much about them afterwards. So it's very difficult to know if it's even still coming or how long it's going to be until we see something. So I didn't want to put out an episode about something and then it's like completely irrelevant because she ends up doing something that completely like blows that out of the water. So I've been kind of trying to take my cues from her and what she's doing. I was actually almost going to record this episode and then John Feldman posted something on his Instagram about the deluxe edition of the Goldfinger album coming out on August 5th and he was like teasing surprises on it and we kind of knew that they had a collab coming up and so I strongly suspected that Avril's collab with him was going to be coming out. And so I was like, well, I better wait until that's out before I record this episode. So obviously, because of the nature of the way that the podcast works and recording it in advance and everything, it's just very difficult to keep up with things as they happen, because obviously I can't do everything like right up to the minute. So I've just been kind of trying to take my cues from what Avril is doing and wait until it seems like, okay, this is a good time to record something now. So that has made it difficult because, like I said, she's been talking about the deluxe edition of Love Sucks and the Boys Lie music video with MGK for several months. And we still don't know anything about if and when these things are ever coming out. So when they do, I will definitely cover them. But for now, it's just been tricky to kind of like time things out and figure out where to go next. I do have a lot of ideas for episodes and like guests that I want to have on and stuff, but I also want to always be current and relevant with what Avril is doing too and kind of have like a balance of things that are sort of like a retrospect, like looking back on her career and kind of exploring like facts and trivia about her music and things that she's done in her career while also talking about the latest news and projects that she's working on now. So it's just a very difficult balance to strike sometimes. And sometimes I just feel like it's better for me to wait before 
before I do anything. Also, just like some personal reasons why I haven't been uploading as much just because I'm like a really creative person and I have other interests and hobbies outside of just podcasting. I also like to write and do music stuff and video editing. So there's just other creative projects that I felt like devoting my time and energy to. And also because I work a full-time job and so I only have time for one hobby at a time. So if I'm going to say pursue one hobby, that means another hobby has to kind of fall to the wayside for a little while. And so that's kind of just how I work is I kind of rotate between my different creative hobbies. And as much as I love doing the podcast, it is a lot of work. I just feel like sometimes it feels like work and it doesn't feel like fun to do it. And I always said to myself, I didn't want to do this unless it felt like fun to me. And so sometimes just taking a step back from it does help me get re-inspired and helps me feel like reinvigorated to keep doing it. And I think allowing myself the time to devote to my other creative hobbies that I like, it helps me to feel like the podcast doesn't just get stale, if that makes sense. And also because it's summer right now, you know, people are on vacation, the weather is nicer where I am, and people are not necessarily listening to podcasts that much. You know, people might be like outside more enjoying the weather, enjoying time with family and friends and stuff. And so I kind of just felt like summer is a time when things generally tend to slow down for a lot of people. So I felt like nobody would really miss it that much if I didn't upload for a few weeks. Even though I never made a commitment necessarily to upload every single week, it's kind of like my goal to upload maybe once every other week, so a couple times a month. But like I said, I work a full-time job and also it's been hard to plan episodes when I don't always know exactly what Avril is going to be doing. And also just having in general the time and energy to do it and stuff. And then also, like I said, I have other creative hobbies and stuff that I like to work on from time to time. So it is my goal to upload every other week, but at least hopefully once a month. No matter what, I always want to like keep up to date with what Avril is doing. So even if it just ends up being bonus episodes like this, where we kind of go through major things that have happened with her just to kind of catch up, that's like at the very least what I want to do. And like no matter what, I always want this to feel like it's fun above all else. So before we started getting into anything about this episode, I just wanted to kind of run through those things and kind of give an explanation as to why I haven't been uploading as much as I have in the past and kind of just my overall feelings about the podcast and how I've been trying to handle recording and stuff like that. So to touch on those things that I just mentioned with Avril about the Love Sucks Deluxe Edition and the Boys Lie Music video, yeah, like we still don't have any update on what's happening with those if and when they're ever coming out. Her tour with Machine Gun Kelly basically ended. She has another show coming up, like a one-off show with him, but then basically that's like definitely the end of the tour with him. So if they were going to release the Boys Lie Music video, it would have made sense to do it either during the tour or sometime right as the tour concluded, but that doesn't seem like it's happening. And as for the Love Sucks Deluxe Edition, some people think that it could be coming out at the end of August or maybe September because that'll be about six months since the release of the original album. And that seems to be how DTA Records, which is Avril's label, that seems to be how they do Deluxe Editions is about six months after the Standard Edition. So we'll kind of just have to see if that's true. She hasn't really mentioned the deluxe edition in quite some time, so it's kind of hard to know if it's even still happening. I kind of wonder if she might possibly be ditching the idea of a deluxe in favor of just putting out an entirely new album like sooner than she normally would have. So we're kind of just still TBD on those things. So as for everything else that's happened with Avril since the last episode that we did, on July 3rd, Avril posted an Instagram story with the caption, filming something exciting backstage while out on tour while Boys Lie played, indicating they were possibly filming the Boys Lie music video. On July 4th, Avril participated in the lineup for CNN's The Fourth in America special, which was a pre-tape performance from Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on July 1st. She performed Skater Boy, Complicated, and Bite Me. 
On July 6th, the artist Dutch Melrose released a song titled Avril Lavigne. On July 7th, iHeartRadio announced a sweepstakes for Capital One cardholders to win a trip to the iHeartRadio Music Festival in September, including an exclusive experience with Avril. On the same day, Avril tweeted, Know your worth, never settle, which made fans believe something happened behind the scenes in her personal or professional life, but this was never elaborated on. Dare to Love Me and Goddess were also featured on episodes of the reality series Love Island. On July 8th, Avril posted a new TikTok showing her tour essentials. On July 11th, she posted a TikTok with Machine Gun Kelly singing and dancing to Boys Lie. Some fans speculated it may have been the video she was referring to filming back on July 3rd since she was wearing the same outfit. On July 12th, a brief clip of a Love Sucks outtake called Hallelujah began circulating online. Rumors were also circulating at this time that as many as seven outtakes had been purchased by traders and would eventually leak. The following day, snippets were leaked of the following songs. The previously known tracks of Joker, California featuring Modson, Hallelujah, Eternally, and Too Fast to Live, along with new tracks Teenage Nightmare and Retrograde. It is currently unknown if these songs will appear on the deluxe edition of Love Sucks, saved for the next album or Skater Boy movie soundtrack, or aren't planned to be released at all. The person in possession of the leaks is currently only looking to trade for other unreleased material. However, both Joker and Eternally ended up leaking in full on July 25th. On July 13th, Avril performed Love It When You Hate Me with Black Bear at the Los Angeles date of the Mainstream Sellout Tour. Her friends and pro wrestlers Mike the Miz Mizanin and his wife Maurice were also in attendance along with their son River who met Avril after the show. On July 15th, Avril posted a new series of photos with the caption, I don't ever want to fall when I'm this high, which fans speculated was from a new song but are actually lyrics from A by Machine Gun Kelly. The same day, Avril announced a partnership with the site MetaCity, where users can buy NFTs in her virtual land using cryptocurrency. On July 17th, Avril posted a new TikTok featuring Girlfriend. On July 19th, pro skater Ryan Sheckler posted a TikTok of him and Avril showing off their skate deck collaboration for Samlot Times. On July 25th, Avril uploaded a new TikTok showing her transformation into her show outfit, set to love it when you hate me. On July 26th, Avril made a small cameo appearance discussing Shania Twain in Shania's Netflix documentary, Not Just a Girl. On the same day, Avril was also announced as a nominee for the MTV Video Music Awards. Love It When You Hate Me featuring Black Bear was nominated in the Best Alternative Video category, along with Grow by Willow featuring Avril and Travis Barker. This is a fan-voted category. This is Avril's first VMAs nomination since 2007 and her first nominations in the alternative category. To date, she has only won a VMA once, back in 2002. For the July 28th show of the Mainstream Sellout Tour, Avril joined MGK on stage to sing A while lighting a giant blunt. They also had a tailgate party prior to the show since it was Avril's last date with the tour. On July 29th, retailer Bershka released a new shirt with the Canadian tour dates on it. The same day, Avril released a new line of summer merch, including a black and orange hoodie, shirts with the U.S. tour dates, boys like crop top and tank, a tote bag, beer koozie, trucker cap, and stickers, patches, and pins. She also appeared at Lollapalooza with MGK to perform Boys Lie. Following the festival, they went out to a nightclub where they performed the song again. On August 2nd, a remix of the Head Above Water B-side Lights Out was leaked, supposedly produced by J.R. Rodham. However, it is unknown if it might be a fan-made remix. And on August 3rd, the music publication New Noise revealed Avril would be featured on a re-recording of the Goldfinger song Here in Your Bedroom to be released on the deluxe edition of their album Never Look Back on August 5th. This was the recording session John Feldman posted on Insta Stories back on April 16th, where the Pro Tools session was titled Rerecord Bedroom. So now that we've gone through all of the major events that have happened with Avril since the last episode, I wanted to discuss my thoughts and opinions on these new tracks and stuff that we've gotten. So starting with her new collaboration with Goldfinger, here are some facts and trivia about the song Here in Your Bedroom. 
The song was written by John Feldman, and the original version was produced by Rifkin, while the new version is produced by John Feldman. It was the lead single from their self-titled debut studio album in 1996 and peaked at number five on Billboard's Modern Rock Tracks in the U.S. The original song was inspired by one of John Feldman's past relationships, and he wrote the song in eight minutes. He has said it is his favorite song from their debut album. The song is classified as ska punk, pop punk, and alternative rock. The newly recorded version with Avril is the 13th track on the deluxe edition of their 2020 album, Never Look Back. In an interview with HollywoodWife.com, John Feldman explained how the collaboration with Avril came about. So I have a little bone to pick with this quote, but I will tell you what I think about it at the end. But for now, I'll just read you what the quote is that he said. Avril was at my house making love socks, and I'm like, I had the re-records. And you know, she told me, she goes, when I was 15, I think she was dating Derek Wibley from Sum 41. I think we were playing a show with them. And she said her first stage dive was at a Goldfinger show when she was 15. And so it's come full circle that now she's singing on our first hit on a Goldfinger record, which making it a duet is also such a cool twist on the whole thing, you know? End quote. So I was very confused when I initially read this quote because the age doesn't make any sense. So when Avril was 15, I find it hard to believe that she even knew who Goldfinger was just because she didn't listen to that much commercial music because that wasn't what she grew up on. And her exposure to rock music at that time was pretty limited. So it's possible she did know of the band, but I don't think that she was going to their concerts. And I certainly don't think that she was stage diving, especially because if she was underage, I feel like one of her parents would have been with her or something. And also when she was 15, she wasn't famous yet. She didn't have a record deal yet. So the whole thing about dating Derek Wibley, obviously at 15, she wasn't dating Derek Wibley because she would have been underage. And I don't think she knew him yet either. So the whole timeline of that doesn't make any sense. Some fans did some research and it is true that Sum 41 did shows with Goldfinger around 2002, but this would have made Avril 17, which I think does make more sense and adds up more like timeline wise. Even though Avril and Derek didn't start dating until she was more like 19, I think. I think they did know each other when she was 17. Like Avril has talked many times about how they met and they met when she was 17, but they weren't dating at the time. And so I think either when Avril was telling the story to him, either she misremembered the age that she was or misremembered the details or he misinterpreted what she was telling him or like he mixed up the details and the ages or it's possible that the reporter just didn't report this correctly. But this whole thing about her being 15 and stage diving at a Goldfinger show, I don't think it's exactly accurate. I think that if this ever even happened, I think she was probably more closer to like 17. So moving on to my overall thoughts about the collaboration here in your bedroom, I think the general consensus amongst fans is that it's a nice song and like she sounds good on it, but it's probably not a song that most of us are going to go back to very often just because, well, number one, it's not her song anyway. And it's not like her typical style of music that she does. But also I think the song is just kind of, it's very repetitive and kind of like a basic pop punk song. Like you can kind of tell that it's an older sounding song, even though it's a new recording. A lot of people also complained that it had too much auto-tune, especially at the end with the high notes. People said that it sounded too auto-tuned. I think when I heard it, I think I really liked how her voice sounded on it. I think her voice is so well suited for a song like this. I think it was nice to hear her go outside of her comfort zone a little bit and do something a little bit different than what she normally does. And it is cool that like Here in Your Bedroom is one of their oldest songs and one of their like bigger hits. And so the fact that it features a legendary pop punk artist that people know and love just makes it like an extra special track. And especially if that whole story about her listening to Goldfinger when she was younger is true, it's kind of a cool full circle moment that she is now featured on this song. 
But yeah, like, I mean, I think it's a good song. I'm kind of in agreement with the fans that I don't know how often I'll go back to listen to it. I wish that she had had more parts, even though, of course, it's not her song, so it makes sense. But I think that most of us would have liked to hear her sing more on it. And I was actually really impressed by how she hit those high notes at the end, even though they may or may not be auto-tuned, who knows. But we don't hear her range go that high. So I thought that was like a really nice change of pace, too. I'm kind of in agreement with the fans that it's very repetitive, so I just don't know how often I'll go back to it, but it's a nice thing to have, like especially because we did see the stories in the studio of them recording it. Like a long time ago, we saw Avril in the studio and she was singing a little bit of the song and we didn't know, you know, is this a new song? Is it going to be a collab? whose album is it going on? Will we ever even see this song? A lot of times like we'll see her in the studio doing stuff and it never sees the light of day. So it was really nice that for once we actually did get to see the finished product. It's nice to have something, I guess, while we're still waiting on the status of the Love Sucks Deluxe. The next thing that I would like to talk about is some of the leaked tracks that we got. So like I had mentioned at the end of July, there were all these songs from the Love Sucks sessions that just got leaked out of nowhere because I think somebody bought them or, you know, people that are in the industry like trade unreleased material and stuff. And so somehow somebody got a hold of a bunch of tracks. So two of them leaked in full and then the other ones were just snippets. Like I said, it's unknown if these are going to be on the Love Sucks Deluxe or if they'll never be released at all. But since these leaks are so widely known, I felt like I had to kind of give my opinions on at least what we've heard so far. As always, when it comes to unreleased material, I don't personally support the idea of leaking artist material or purchasing it illegally or trading it, but it's a thing that happens. It's a reality of the music industry, and unfortunately, it does happen, and Avril is not the only artist that it happens to. I do hope that these songs will be released officially just so that Avril can make some profit off of them and get official streams out of them and stuff, but obviously, we don't know what her plans are. So with that being said, here are my thoughts on what I've heard so far. So the first song is Joker. This was written by Avril Lavigne, John Feldman, and Matson, and produced by John Feldman and Matson. A brief snippet was first leaked on July 13th with the full song leaking on July 25th. So I personally really love this one. It's one of my favorites. I think I've seen like mixed reviews about it. Some people really love it and then some people think it's kind of eh. They think the chorus isn't really that special. But personally, I love it, like especially the more that I listen to it, the more that I just fall in love with it. I think it's such a good song. It's so catchy. And one of the things that I thought initially when listening to it is I wondered if it was supposed to be from Harley Quinn's point of view, because of course, she's in a relationship with the Joker. And the lyrics talk about like this abusive, manipulative, kind of like gaslighting relationship. I'm not super familiar with the characters of Harley Quinn and the Joker, so I don't really know the whole story of their relationship. But that's kind of what it seemed like to me is that it could have been inspired by that. However, I did ask my fiance about it, who is more familiar with that stuff than I am. And he said he didn't really think that it fit. But then like other fans that I talked to about it on Avril Band-Aids said that they think it does fit. So I guess it just depends who you ask and maybe how big of a fan they are of the series. But that was like my initial thought is that it is at least maybe partially inspired by the Harley Quinn Joker thing. And I also really love the playing card references and the laugh that she does at the end where she's like, ha, ha, ha. It reminded me a lot of the best damn thing, like how that album, she had so much playful attitude and she was kind of like being bratty on that album. It really just reminded me of that album a lot. And I really liked that a lot. 
I will say one of the lyrics that I wanted to address was the Joker in bed lyric because some people really had an issue with that lyric. They thought that it was immature and they thought that it was like shaming a person for being bad at sex, but that isn't really how I interpreted it, I have to say, which I think it's totally valid if people do interpret it that way, but I just wanted to give a different perspective. The whole song is not necessarily about this guy being bad in bed, even though she does mention that. It's mostly talking about a guy who is emotionally manipulative and who is a liar and who basically gaslights her and makes her think that whatever she's thinking or feeling is like invalid or not true. Like she literally says, you made me think that I was crazy. So I think we have plenty of reasons to believe why this guy is not a good guy. And to me, the you're a joker in bed, like you're a joke, you're a joker in bed that line to me was kind of just like one final dig at him like she's saying all this other stuff about like how horrible he is but the joker in bed line to me was kind of more like a last little dig at him like adding insult to injury and like you know as long as i'm gonna go off on you oh by the way you're bad in bed too to me i'm not taking that line as seriously as other people are i think to me that was kind of just meant to be more like a little ha 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 thing if that makes sense so just offering a different perspective on that one thing i do wish as much as i really like the song i wish that it had more of a second verse it's very weird to me like the song almost feels incomplete so i don't know if the leaked version that we got is the final version of the song or if it's a demo but the second verse is like two lines long and then it goes right into the chorus again so it does feel kind of incomplete and some of the lyrics kind of don't make a lot of sense either like they don't seem like they relate to each other like when she says you make me want to cut my hair if I shaved my head would you even care like I'm not sure what that has to do with him being like a liar and being manipulative I guess like she's trying to say like you make me just want to like shave my entire head because you're making me want to do something crazy and impulsive And it's like, if I did that, would you even notice? How much do you care about me that you would even notice me do something drastic and crazy? I guess that's the idea behind it, but it just seems so random and out of place to me and doesn't really like relate to the things that she mentions before. So that could be a reason I think why it didn't make the album because it might be just kind of incomplete the way it's written. It's worth noting too, I forgot to say that this was on the chalkboard that we saw, like the infamous chalkboard that was in John Feldman's studio when they were initially all working together and he posted a picture of the chalkboard with all these titles on it and Joker was one of them. I think it might have even been the first title on there. So we obviously don't know when this song was written. It could have been one of the first ones they wrote for all we know. So it's possible that it's underdeveloped just for that reason because it was like one of the earliest ones maybe that they wrote. We don't really know. My other theory about why it didn't make the album is because it might be too similar to Bite Me, not necessarily in sound, but just thematically. It is quite similar. Like lyrically, it kind of talks about similar things like this bad relationship and this guy who is kind of a liar and manipulative and stuff. And so maybe she just felt like, you know, every song can't be about the same thing. And like between the two, as much as I really like Joker, I think between the two, I think Bite Me is the stronger song, especially because that was the one that they went with for the lead single. So I think if the two things have been swapped and Joker was on the album and it was the lead single, as much as I like it and think it's a good song, I'm not sure it would have had the same impact as Bite Me. So I can see like for that reason why it didn't make the album. But I do hope it will be released officially on the deluxe just because it's such a banger. And I do think it should have been on the original album, like maybe in place of one of the weaker tracks, like Love It When You Hate Me or something like that. But like I said, I can see why I guess it didn't make the album, but I do hope it will be released officially on the deluxe. Then the other track that we got leaked in full is called Eternally. And this one was written by Avril Lavigne, John Feldman, and Matson, and produced by John Feldman and Matson. Like with Joker, a brief snippet was first leaked on July 13th with the full song leaking on July 25th. 
And this is also another one that was on the list of chalkboard titles. Some people pointed out that they think it sounds a lot like Mod Sun's other songs. And I noticed this and other fans noticed this, that the song in general, like thematically and maybe even a little bit sonically sounds similar to Kiss Me Like the World is Ending, which could explain why it didn't necessarily make the final cut of the album. So I really like the song. I like how her voice sounds on it. I like the emotional vulnerability of it. This was one of the ones I was most intrigued to hear just based on the title alone. And I don't think it sounded like I was expecting it to, but I was like pleasantly surprised at what I did hear. I will agree with the assessment that it does sound similar to Kiss Me Like the World is Ending, which I think between the two songs, I like Kiss Me better and it's a little more upbeat, but I think it is good enough to be on the deluxe and I would like to see it on the deluxe. I think another reason why maybe it wasn't on the original album is because she didn't want to have too many love songs, especially ones that are kind of similar to each other. So like for love songs on the album, we got Kiss Me and then we got Dare to Love Me. And so I think having Eternally kind of would have just been like repeating the same themes and ideas. And I think she wanted to keep the love songs to a minimum just because the album is called Love Sucks. So it wouldn't have made sense to have like a lot of love songs on it. Like I said, I think between the three of these, with Eternally, Kiss Me, and Dare to Love Me, it makes sense why Eternally is the one that ends up getting left on the cutting room floor just by default because Dare to Love Me was a self-written song and John Feldman and Matson really wanted that to be on the album. And then Kiss Me, it's so upbeat and I think really encompasses like the sound and the vibe that she was going for. So I think by default, Eternally was the one that was going to get cut. But like I said, I do think it would be a good addition to the deluxe. Then there's the other week tracks that we got, but these ones are only snippets that we got. We haven't yet, at least at the time of this recording, we haven't gotten the full tracks. So one of them is California, which is supposed to be a duet with Modson. And he has hinted in the past about this song being released soon, but obviously nothing has materialized yet. And there was also a photo posted many months ago of Avril holding a white guitar with like song titles from the album written on it. However, California was a new addition to the titles. And so that kind of made people think that this was possibly going to be on the deluxe album. So I do think that there is a high chance that this one we will hear in full like very soon. I remember when I heard the snippet, I really, really liked this one a lot. It is kind of similar to Kiss Me Like the World is Ending because she described that one as being about like a perfect day hanging out with Matson in Malibu. And so California, obviously referring to the state of California, sounds like the themes are going to be kind of similar, like hanging out with someone that you love in like the sunshine near the beach kind of thing. So I can kind of see why it probably didn't make the record just for that reason. But I'm really looking forward to hearing this one. And I really, really love the snippet. It's one of my favorites. Another one that we heard was Hallelujah, and this was another one that I really liked. I loved kind of like the vocal line where she was doing this very long run with her voice that we don't typically hear her do a lot of, so I'm really curious to hear more of that one. Then there was another one called Too Fast to Live, and I honestly don't remember much about this snippet. I don't remember being terribly impressed by this one, but I know that a lot of fans did like this one. And then we got a couple other snippets of songs that we had not previously heard about because the other ones were on that chalkboard list of titles, but these two were not in that list. So these ones were possibly either written with other people that weren't Matson and John Feldman, or these were written much, much later after that picture was posted. So one of them is called Teenage Nightmare. And I remember really being intrigued by this snippet, just because lyrically it talked about a completely different subject than all the other songs on this album. It doesn't seem to be about love or relationships or breakups in any way. It seems to be about her journey as a musician when she was first starting to make Let Go and how she didn't fit in with the commercial pop scene at the time. And most people would have considered that to be a teenage nightmare, but she's like, I made a dream of a teenage nightmare. 
So I really love the lyrics that we have, and I would be intrigued to hear more for sure. For that reason, I can see why I didn't make the cut of Love Socks because obviously topic-wise, it has nothing to do with what the main theme of the album is, but I do think it would be a really good addition to the Skater Boy movie soundtrack. So, I mean, it's possible that that's what it's going to be for, or it could end up on the deluxe of Love Socks, but I think a better place for it would be the Skater Boy movie soundtrack. And I could see why she may have written this song because she was probably inspired with the fact that it's her 20th year in music and the 20th anniversary of Let Go. She was probably just thinking about it a lot, like it was on her mind a lot. And I could see why maybe after being in music for 20 years, she was probably reflecting on where her career has gone And maybe that's what inspired her to write it. So I would really love to hear more about this one, about the inspiration, would love to hear more of the lyrics. I think this one is really, really promising and like a really unique type of song that we don't get to hear from her often. Then the last one is a song called Retrograde, which to be honest, I didn't care for this one. I don't remember at all what it sounds like, but I remember I didn't really think too much of this one. So if we never hear this one in full or it doesn't make the deluxe of Love Sucks, I won't really care, honestly. Like there's so many other songs that we don't have that I would love to hear. And there were so many titles on that chalkboard, plus all the ones that we don't even know about that I would rather hear, frankly, over this one. And then the last one that I wanted to talk about, I don't even know if this one really counts, but I thought I would just address it here anyway because people are probably wondering about it, is the Lights Out Rotom remix. So I had mentioned this earlier in the episode, but basically there was a supposed remix of Lights Out, this head above water B-side called Lights Out that I talked about before that leaked many months ago. This Lights Out Rotom remix that leaked, it's very electronic and EDM inspired, and it was supposedly produced by J.R. Rotom, who was one of the producers that Avril worked with on Head Above Water, except that only one of their songs actually made the final cut of the album, which was Birdie. So the general consensus is that the Lights Out Rotom remix is, it's really bad. Like objectively, it's really, really bad. Like I couldn't even listen to the full thing. I listened up through the chorus and then it goes into this like EDM breakdown that just does not fit the song at all. Like if you've heard the original song, it's a ballad and this EDM remix, it makes no sense if this is a real thing. It makes complete sense why it wasn't the final version that was produced, let alone made the album because it just doesn't fit at all. And the EDM stuff doesn't suit the song at all. And even for being an EDM remix, it's just really badly made. However, I am questioning its validity. People claim that it is real, but it's just so badly done. I would find it really hard to believe that this is a real thing, but obviously we have no way of really knowing for sure. So that's all my opinions about the latest leaks or snippets that we've gotten. So there's a last couple things that I wanted to talk about. Number one being merch items. So I had mentioned a few episodes back, I think, that I had ordered some merch from the 20th anniversary of Let Go line. And my items finally came a couple of weeks ago. So I just kind of wanted to let you know how they are in case you're thinking about ordering some yourself. So as a reminder, the two items that I got, number one was the star hoodie and the other was the Let Go track t-shirt. So I got both of them in a size small. And I would say that even though I'm a petite person, so stuff is always big on me. I do think these are like purposely kind of oversized because Avril likes things to be baggy. And also because they're unisex sizes, they are going to be a little bit bigger. So the hoodie for being a small is, I think, bigger than a normal small. So if you like oversized things, then this will be the perfect size, like just order your normal size. But if you like things to be more form fitting, I would maybe go a size down if possible. But the quality of the hoodie itself is really good. It's really comfortable, really baggy and warm. And I know it's going to be excellent in the wintertime. So obviously right now in the summer, I'm not going to be wearing it, but I did. I had to wear it a little bit just to kind of see how it was. And I just know I'm going to love it in the colder weather. 
And the Wetco Trackless t-shirt is also a really cool item to have. Again, it's a little on the big side, but it's not super oversized. So I would just probably order your normal size, but I'm really happy with that as well. The last thing I want to talk about before I wrap up this episode, like I said in the beginning, because I'm being more sporadic with my episode uploads. So I thought I should probably kind of just let you know where I'm thinking about going with the next episodes so that the next time you hear from me, you'll kind of like know a little bit more what to expect or when to expect it. So I definitely want to do an episode about the MGK tour that she just wrapped, but I'm going to wait until she completes her very last show with him, even though it's just a one-off show, but I just want to wait until it's completely done. So that way I can compile all my facts and notes just in case any special thing might happen on the very last show so that I can make sure I have that as part of my notes. And then, like I said, if and when the Love Sucks Deluxe and the Boys Live video is ever released, I will definitely also do episodes about those things. But obviously, like I said, right now, we don't have any information about that and we don't even know if those things are still coming or not. So I'm kind of just going to play it by ear. I do have, like I said, I have other ideas for episodes too, like having some guests on and kind of talking about things that happened in the past with Avril's career and kind of looking back. But it's just kind of finding good times to place those episodes in between the things that she's currently working on and kind of trying to find an area where there might be like a dry spell where she's not really being that active so that it feels like there's kind of something to fill in that space. So it's just very tricky right now to kind of plan episodes because of that. But rest assured that even if I don't upload as often, I will definitely still be uploading at least like once a month, I hope. And I hope that regardless, everybody's enjoying the podcast and that you're enjoying your summer, enjoying what Avril is doing, enjoying the new tracks that we're getting. I really hope that the Love Sucks Deluxe will be coming out like people think at the end of August because I just would love to hear some more songs. And I think everybody's just anxious for new music. And of course, I'm also looking forward to when she goes on the road for the Love Sucks tour and going to like Asia and Europe next year and stuff. So there's just a lot of really exciting things to come. And I'm just anxious to see more from her, as I'm sure we all are. So for now, we conclude this edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can be the first to know when a new episode drops. And don't forget to leave a rating or review as well. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. Join me again next time on the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. The Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andre DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J. Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.